So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I hit record. (laughs) Alrighty, I hit record. Here we go. Again. Welcome to Feature Creep, colon. Built-in microwave semicolon. Passive-aggressive foods. Ooh. Um, those bastards. Those bastards. Uh, if you have ever tried lutefisk, you know what we're talking about. It's <laughs> very passive-aggressive. Right. <laughs> I will explain lutefisk in case people haven't had it or heard about the gross reality of lutefisk. It's Norwegian, but people in Minnesota eat it a lot uh-huh. because there's a lot of Norwegians here. And it's spelled L-U-T-E-F-I-S-K, pronounced lutefisk, and uh, it's served in... Northern and Central Norway, Southern Norway, in Sweden, Finnish people eat it. Um, it's part of like Christmas dinner usually, or like it's like a like a like a holiday meal. Uh-huh. And it's uh, I will read you the description. All right. It is preserved fish. It is. Uh, a dried white fish. It's a. They prepare it in a in a process that's like ugh, as old as fucking dirt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a good way to get nutrients. Wait, is dirt involved in the process? This isn't no. one of those things where they like bury it in the ground. Oh no! It's like <laughs> so. You dry it out. Uh huh. Um, Wait, can I just just to stick to the just stick the point for a second? Can I stick the point of how yeah. passive aggressive this is? So yeah. this one this one sentence on the Wikipedia article is: yeah. It is gelatinous in texture after being hy- hydrated. Sorry, after being rehydrated for days prior to eating. Yes, it's like it takes so much fucking work like they build these big old racks for the drying of the fish and mm-hmm. they're kind of they're made out of like wood and they're these big like they look kind of like dish racks but enormous like tall like building tall mm-hmm. like as tall as a building and they catch all these fish and then they hang them and dry them and they they're all dried out and then in order to eat them you have to soak them in water and boil them and then like you put butter on them usually or something like that mm-hmm. but at some point some genius figured out hey if you put lye on this it like decomposes the fish and makes it edible so you you soak the fish like you said for like 5 or 6 days and you got to change out the water so it doesn't go bad uh-huh and then once you've soaked it for like five or six days or a freaking week or whatever with all changing out this water, you have to soak it again in a solution of water and lye for two days. And then the soak, the fish like soaks up and swells up and it loses its protein content and it, it like breaks down chemically from protein into this like gelatinous stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like fish jelly. And then the stuff that's like left over is basically inedible because it's soaked in lye and you can't eat that. So to make it, to render it edible at this point, at like nine days into the process, you have to soak it again in cold water for like another week and change out the water every single day. And then you can cook it. And the way that you cook it, mm-hmm. because it's super fragile at this point, is to like, you put salt on it. And that releases some of the water in the fish meat. So basically, this is like three week long process of drying fish out, getting it wet again, releasing the water, getting it wet again, putting it in whatever. (sighs) And then you you rinse it off Mm -hmm. and then you put it in a pan and then you steam it for like a half hour or you can put it in aluminum foil and like bake it in an oven or something like that or Mm -hmm. over rocks. I don't know. And you can parboil it and wrap it in cheesecloth so that it doesn't just like disintegrate into disappear into what. (laughs) But like, and then you eat it with like boiled potatoes and mashed green peas, like other foods that are basically decompensating in front of your eyes and hardly the thing that they started out as anymore. And like the, the, the flavor of it. Mm hmm. Is really gross. Oh, look, Madison was Madison, Minnesota has dubbed itself the Ludafisk capital of the world, as well as claiming the largest per capita consumption of Ludafisk in Minnesota. St. Olaf College, also known as Stoloff <clears throat> in Northfield, Minnesota serves Ludafisk during their Christmas festival concerts. They host an annual mutif- music festival called Ludafest, <laughs> even though they don't serve Ludafisk at Ludafest, which is also passive aggressive. Right. <laughs> so like, I don't understand why all this has to happen. Right. <laughs> like you could just eat the fish. You don't have to do all of these like gross things to it, rendering it in the middle way of the process completely inedible and poisonous. And uh-huh. then like bring it back. I don't know. I I hate Ludafus. There's like all kinds of jokes about how gross it is. That is awesome. So I I also just thought of a uh, a passive aggressive food that's definitely in line with this. Um, yes, what is it? Aspic. A S P I C. So yes. if you're not familiar with aspic and there's actually so both variation or or the savory variation aspic or the um the other sort of favorite of passive aggressive relatives which is jello salad or and yes. <laughs> listen to these alternate names. <laughs> so you got gelatin salad sure jelly salad ugh, and you've got congealed salad Literally congealed salad is a – I don't know if I've ever heard somebody call it that, but I am now for sure calling it congealed salad forever. Ooh, like some congealed salad. Yeah. That is so gross. Yeah, aspic is like like meat-based jello molds. Yes. It's like on the Wikipedia article, their example photo uh-huh. is aspic with chicken and eggs. Oh. And so if you're familiar with a jello salad or a congealed salad, which is oftentimes like a jello mold with fruit in it or sometimes vegetables um, or other ingredients, including cottage cheese, cream cheese, marshmallow, nuts, pretzels. I mean, just some fucking weird shit. Um, like it's it's hilarious to me. Jello salad or or sort of congealed salad is always kind of 
here's some good things we like to eat, and we'll just suspend it in this gross shit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Any, How anyway, do you choose yeah. the color? How do you what? Like, if you're gonna make an aspic, yeah. Where does the color of the jelly come from? Uh, well, Is it like meat. I juice? mean, inherently, it's not necessarily colored. Um. But so, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like usually you'd maybe make make the gelatin with like meat stock of some kind or some kind of consomme. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, the aspects that I have seen have always been sort of like, you know, um, clear, clear, or I mean, they look so gross. Like there's, <laughs> if you go, I'm going to send you the link so you can also enjoy the disgusting, just this, the passive aggressiveness of this is just over the top. <laughs> um, if you look on the aspect page and you look down a little bit, there's uh, a photo of pork jelly. And I feel like that's like the <laughs> pinnacle of aspic. Um, oh, man. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. Oh, God. Aspic with chicken and eggs. Yep. Oh. And you kind of scroll down and there's like global variations and there's a pork jelly photo. And in aspic. And pork this jelly oh there it is so if you're looking at this like if you're at home and you want to follow along or you're somewhere you can look at wikipedia you just type in aspic and go to the wikipedia page um we're looking at this photo is like a jello mold what i would say is like a like a fruit loaf or like a bread like a bread pan like a small bread pan that you might make like a nut loaf in or like a banana bread Yes, that's exactly, exactly and it's right. it's a smaller one, and it's turned upside, and it's obviously turned out into a styrofoam tray that you might find at the like the worst kind of cafeteria, or no, right. sorry, not the worst kind of cafeteria, the kind of cafeteria where it's just so industrialized that it's just like everything about it is just you know machine churned out food and like yeah. despondent like workers like sitting behind mm-hmm. the counter with way too many hair nets and gloves and like all the required yeah. accoutrements so you can barely even see that they're human and there's like a sneeze guard and they you know use big scoops of shit to plop it on your you know your tray yes. um yes. <clears throat> like a hospital like uh, a hospital yeah exactly cafeteria yes yeah <laughs> where you're <Pork>. not sure <laughs> like you can't tell if you're tasting food or just disinfectant oh god yeah <laughs> I like um I like that they say here that almost any type of food can be set into aspics and almost any type of meat can be used to make gelatin. <laughs> Although some cases additional gelatin may be needed for it to set properly. Oh. <clears throat> Stock can be clarified with egg whites and then filled and flavored just before the aspic sits. <laughs> uh Stock from a boiled calf's foot provides a great deal of gelatin. It's just, um, it's so, <clears throat> like, I get why these foods exist, but the fact that we sure. still, anyway, they're very passive aggressive. They are. The pork, the pork jelly is especially <sighs> passive aggressive. Pork jelly is an aspect made from low grade cuts of pig meat, such as trotters, that contain significant pork portions of connective tissue. Pork jelly is a popular appetizer. Where? Needs need citation needed. Right. <laughs> Sometimes prepared in more modern version using lean meat with or without pig leftovers. It's very popular. Here we go. 
Northwest, Croatia, Serbia, Poland, Czech Republic, Romania, Moldova, Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, Slovakia, Hungary, Greece, Ukraine, Russia, Belarus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so not where we live. It, pork jelly is not popular where we live. Right. <clears throat> uh, it's interesting to see how many different... Like Thailand has it, and Denmark, mm-hmm. and Slovenia, and Georgia. Oh, Georgians make really good wine. I don't know about their pork jelly. Hmm. See also head cheese. Have you ever had head cheese? No, no, that has not he- been. I feel like that's a pretty good passive aggressive one. It is. It sounds like cheese, but. What it is, is you take the head of an animal and then you boil it and all of the stuff that comes off of the skull and turns into a gelatin is like head cheese. Yikes. And you just kind of like ball it up and then you eat it. It looks a lot like pork jelly. (laughs) It's pretty gross. I mean, a lot of this stuff makes sense in the context of survival and Yes, and like a lot of people, like the phrase eating high on the hog refers uh-huh. to specifically eating the better cuts of meat on the hog, whereas right, like right. like they mentioned in this article, like trotters or pork belly or whatever are not considered like the best parts of the pig. And so over time, p- people who were not in the upper castes of society couldn't eat the high parts of the hog. They ate the lower parts of it. And then are I you- suppose the only thing you can do is just make it into something palatable are you trying to derail this podcast into an idiom discussion yes (laughs) it's my it's my (laughs) it's my ulterior motive at all times right how can i turn this conversation yes it's the basis (laughs) of our relationship right Um, every morning you wake up you're like okay whatever ned comes at me with i'm derailing that shit yes Later today, um, yes. we're <laughs> later today. Um, well, Damon is making it, but I'm helping. <laughs> Damon made it, and I helped. Uh, we're making Texas chili for some friends of ours. <laughs> oh my god! I want to show up to the party where you shout that out as you come in, as soon as Damon presents whatever it is, just in that we're tone ma- of voice. Yeah, Damon made it, and I helped. Um, <laughs> It's uh, we're making chili for our friends who just had a baby. Oh, fun! Yeah, and they they special requested. I was like, "What do you want us to bring you?" They're like like, farts. Bring us farts. Bring us farts. So, um, (laughs) bring us more babies. How about that? They (laughs) no, don't do that. Don't do that. They uh, they're one of the one of our friends is from Texas. He's from Houston, and so he and Damon have lamented many times over the the dearth of opportunities for texas eating in minnesota gotcha yeah there's no good texas barbecue here nobody here makes queso or queso queso (laughs) so we're gonna make some queso and some (laughs) some uh, aggressive aggressive food in that it's going to be spiced although not too strongly because elwood the child who Uh we're feeding vicariously through our friend's boobs um (laughs) he does not like spicy food. <laughs> gotcha, he, gotcha. When when our friend eats spicy food, which they enjoy quite a bit. Yeah, Elwood is disappointed. Feed Elwood. Elwood ends up being very um, gastrointestinally upset. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so we can't make spicy chili today. So it's not going to be that aggressive, aggressive. Right, right. I think if it was just me and Damon, we would make 
confrontationally aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Like confrontationally spicy food. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, speaking of which, like, I think um, I think habaneros might be passive aggressive food. Yeah, yeah. Because they're so beautiful. Like, they're these little jewel-toned peppers. They and, are really beautiful. With, like, crinkly like, kind of... Gorgeous. Yeah. But they're hot as get out. I mean, yeah. They're pretty hot for most people. At this point, I am impervious to them. Have I told you about this? Yes, we've talked about it a little bit. I yeah. Get the, I get it in my eyes all the time. Uh-huh. I get it. Like, they're in, I get the fruit and the seeds and everything embedded under my fingernails. Don't feel it at all anymore. Wow. I change out my contacts and it doesn't bother me. That's nuts. It's totally crazy. The downside of this is that almost nothing is spicy to me anymore when I eat it. Mm hmm. I mean, I'm sure there's things out there, but I've progressed like straight to ghost peppers at this point. Yeah, like, I got some ghost peppers down. I want to try and grow. I got some seeds. Um, nice. Yeah, I like – so I had – I've only had ghost peppers a few times and I like the – they have – I think they are very hot, but they're not <clears> – their heat isn't as bitey. Like it doesn't – it's not as forward. Like it's a building mm-hmm. heat. Like I yeah. eat a ghost pepper – and that heat is like building for a while is my experience as yeah. opposed to like a jalapeno that's sharp or like habaneros that are pretty sharp. Like they hit you right away. Yes. The habaneros are like uh, they're really spicy right away, like immediately. And they, mm-hmm. they're they so fruity though. Like they make – I want to make like a habanero strawberry jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just love the flavor of the habaneros. I don't like the flavor of jalapenos, for example. Really? I don't, no, I don't think they taste good. Hmm. Unless they're red. If they're green and they're unripe, I'm like, this is just like an even more annoying version of a green bell pepper. I like... Um, I'm putting jalapenos as our fifth passive aggressive. I like because pickled I, want... I like pickled jalapenos, I have to say. like I, uh, fucking, The pickled ones are great. Fucking love pickled jalapenos. Just Green pickled jalapenos are fantastic. I have a jar of them that I made myself in my fridge. Okay, but yeah. I do not like them fresh. I get you. Yeah. They are because they're they're, they're a grassy pepper, right? Like they're like like they're just like you said, it's like a spicy version of a um a green bell pepper. Yes. Um, I don't like them when they're green. Yeah. And I don't like green bell peppers because they're underripe. They taste weird and horrible. Right, right. They taste like garbage. Yeah. If you ripen them, they taste fantastic. Yeah. I don't know. So I think I've just discovered an entire category of passive aggressive foods, and this kind of makes sense to me. So bear with me. So peasant foods. So peasant foods typically are like this whole category of foods um, that are kind of like, um, you know, like meatloaf, like usually they're like high, they're like highly dense calorie wise, but very like low in flavor. Um, mm-hmm. Things like haggis, uh, scrapple. If you're not familiar with scrapple, that's usually like pig scraps mixed in with like cornmeal and and other flours and spiced fried together Oof. in a mush. Um, black pudding. Oh um, God! Tell everybody what that is. It's revolting. So <laughs> black pudding is uh, black pudding is uh, basically blood sausage. Um, <laughs> And what so the they're f- lying. It's not a pudding at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And usually it's made from pork blood with pork fat or beef suet um, and some kind of cereal grains, usually like oatmeal or oat groats um, or barley groats. Um, and so that's the that's kind of the bulk of it. <clears throat> I've had plenty of it, especially when I lived in England. That's something like you you know it's served alongside of a lot of stuff. Um, but yes. peasant foods are are basically 
uh, oftentimes foods significant, like they're a significant part of the diet of people who live in poverty. Um, and of, and of course I think of that as just being a kind of, it's like a passive aggressive form of feeding the masses, right? Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's like all of the, like, like it's the whole thing about living high on the hog or like take, you know, um, you know, taking that idiom to the extreme, right? Where it's like, yeah, like basically all of the shit that the rich people don't want anymore just gets scraped into a bucket and thrown. It's literally like the feed slop that for for yeah, for animals. humans, right? Yes. Um, I mean, that's not to say that like I'm not trying to be critical of people who choose to eat this food or that that in many ways it's also amazing like how well some of these things or how good some of these things can taste considering what they have to work with but yes. which is again i just feel like feeds into the whole passive aggressiveness of the whole thing right mm-hmm. like um <laughs> yeah. anyway uh <clears throat> yeah there's uh there's a lot i think of uh so one of the things on this list is baked beans which i like baked beans but I do too. I think um, there's a certain kind of passive aggressiveness of serving baked beans that yeah. you're just like, this is going to be a gassy evening. Uh- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can kind of, you know, if yes. you show up with baked beans at a party. Um, you're kind of like subtly poisoning someone. <clears throat> right. You know, like, yes. I mean, and when we're talking in about a hilarious like, way, right? in a hilarious and like generally non-harmful way, I don't think anybody ever died from farting. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yeah, like, oh my God, you can booby trap food. I mean, I think uh-huh. booby trapped foods are like a whole, I'm drawing another arrow, booby trapped foods. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another one that you have to watch out for. Oh, speaking of which, like, here's a fucking passive aggressive food. Yeah. This fits into a whole other side category of passive aggression that I'm not even going to dive diverge into because it's like too too much it's just too much i can't even handle talking about it right now but when people put objects and embed objects into like muffins or cakes or cupcakes and then the idea is that the eater bites into it and like oh discovers this thing that you've hidden in their food this can choke people it can break teeth if you dare to propose to somebody by sticking a ring inside of a piece of food and then making them eat it to discover it. Yeah. And I find out that you've done this to another human being. I will hunt you down. And I will choke you to death with that ring that you embedded in somebody else's food by making you choke on it. I, that probably won't happen. But that's what I want to do to you. <laughs> I just want you to know. Stop doing that to people. So Also, uh, stop public proposals. Stop it. Just stop it. Stop proposing to people in front of other people to pressure them into saying yes in front of a crowd. Stop it. So... Uh, so then definitely king cake is out, which yep, is yes, that the king cake, which is the um, is the cake. I, I don't know if this is just Christian tradition or Catholic tradition um, around here. I've known it only in Catholic families, which is basically um, it's usually like a bunt cake. Yes. Uh, but there is a little baby plastic Jesus that is mixed into the batter and baked into the cake. And that plastic Jesus is usually about an inch high or like an inch in length. Um, it literally... Chokeable size. It literally um, reminds me of a smaller version of uh, the one year I had an abortion on my birthday. Yeah. And um, I, I feel like we can talk about that without putting it in context. So uh-huh. 
um one year for my birthday i was wandering around and you know because i was like had the day off and i was like i'm gonna go check out and see what i can see and i um stumbled upon these people uh these very large this these people hanging out outside on a couch and they waved to me and they're like they're like you look like you need an abortion and of course it's my birthday so i'm just like yeah sure i'll do <laughs> let's do that so i go over I there <laughs> yeah. i do i go over there and um there there's this very nice gentleman uh who's totally naked like he's just a very large man just kind of um his his penis is adorned with some jewelry i mean that's like his like <laughs> pinnacle of what yeah. he's wearing and he's sitting on the couch and he kind of waves to me and he's like very friendly and he's talking and we kind of catch like you know catch up about where we're coming from and um he's like all right so what do you uh <clears throat> this is it was just so tasteless and terrible and he's like He's like, all right, so uh, is this your first time? Uh, and I was like, yep. And he's like, all right, great. He's like, why don't you have a seat on that couch? He's like, there's some magazines for you. And the magazines <laughs> are like, you know, he's like, it'll be a few minutes. And uh, the magazines are like hardcore gay porn and like BDSM, <laughs> like just like shit that when you look at it on the internet, you're like, ooh. Like, you know, the internet desensitizes you a little bit, like, especially if you're, you've been around for a while and like, you've got terrible friends who are like, see this shit. Like, you know, people trying to shock you with stupid photos. Like, but it's like, you know, it's like modern, like, you know, people doing pretty amazingly intricate acts Mm -hmm. and photos of it. Right. And, um, yeah. And I was like, you're like, I never would have thought of this on my own. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) Not in my wildest dreams. Although now, um, how do they do that? Right. <laughs> anyway, so um, so I'm like sitting there, and then uh, some other girls walk by, and they come over, and they like get into the waiting room, and I like I'm like you know make some chit chat with them, and then this uh, southern large woman comes out, who's also <clears throat> I can't remember if she was wearing she was wearing some article of clothing, like maybe like some gloves or a hat or like a <laughs> scarf, like you know. Uh, just for fashion, this wasn't, you yeah, know, there wasn't any kind of modesty. And um, right. <clears throat> she's, she says, oh, do you want a drink? And I was like, sure. And they're like, I think we're having margaritas. So she fixes me a margarita. She's like, you know, just want to relax, have a have a cocktail. So I'm drinking the margarita. Um, the ladies are there and they're, <laughs> and they're kind of in a hurry because they got somewhere else to be. And so I was like, you guys can go ahead of me. So they do their thing. And then uh-huh. they, they get their abortions and leave. And then it's my right. turn. And he's like, all right. Um, he's like, well, you just here, you reach in here. So I reach into this bag and there's, um, these plastic baby fetuses that are about three or four inches in length. And they are, um, so what they are is, you know, the, like the, the terrorists that go around and like try to shock people about abortions have created these things and you can buy them in bulk because they use, I don't know, they use them for demonstration of like, like horror of abortion or whatever. So you get these like, but they're just these like hollow plastic babies, right? They're like pink, like flesh, pink, like white people, pink flesh tone. Yes. White people, pink flesh tone. I know exactly the ones you're talking about. I've seen them when, you know, like angry people shove them in your face. Like, yeah, you're babies. Right. And they're, they're like, Oh, you know, at at, at two seconds after you have sex. So this is how big they are or whatever. Insane. Insane thing. Um, right. Yeah, or this is Heart how babies. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so the baby's pretty cold, um, and he says, and but oh, so speaking of the flesh tone, so they are these like white, like pink flesh tone, and he hands yeah. it to me, and then he looks at me again, and he's like, or, and he pulls a bag out, and he's got black babies. Oh, God. 
he's like, you know, I don't know. He's like, I don't know your history. So, you know, you choose. Um, but I, I, I already have the one in my hand and I was like, this is fine. Um, so then he's like, all right, great. So he, he takes, so then the woman takes the baby from me and puts it down on a cutting board and pulls out a meat cleaver from nowhere and just whacks it in half just immediately. And then, and then it, it breaks out or it's like cut in half now. And so Mm -hmm. they had, filled it with jello shot red jello shot so when you open it like when it's open inside is the red jello oh my god speaking of passive aggressive foods and he says and then they hand it to me and they're like all right you just need to suck that jello out of there and so you're basically sitting on this couch sucking jello like jello shot like vodka red jello um out of like a, a plastic fetus shaped object and um, this is highly creative and of course it's not designed to do that right so i'm like kind of working on it for a minute and he looks at me and he's like it looks like you're struggling with that he's like you know what you need and he pulls a coat hanger out and says here you can just fish it out with that oh my gosh these people are incredible just genius right so i'm yeah. like so now i'm like sitting on a couch outside like picking the um and the people who keep coming like the other people who are like yeah. you know helping support this like will come over and sit next to me and talk to me for a while while i'm trying to like fish bits of jello out of the plastic baby oh and um eventually i'm kind of like okay i think he's like all right all right i think you got enough of it out of there that's that's fine so then he says do you want to keep the the corpse and okay. i was like <clears throat> you know i had just walked here so i didn't really have a lot of i was like i i'm like i will like it's my responsibility he's like no 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 problem <laughs> we'll take care of it and he takes it and so then she pulls this dumpster out of like out from under the table that i didn't see and it's maybe like a perfect replica of a dumpster about like yes. a foot on each side or something yes. and she puts it on the table and flips the lid up and she's like just chuck it in there <laughs> this is so incredible <clears throat> yeah oh it was just over the top and then the great part was like so when that was all done and we kind of had a good time and i finished my margarita and um they said you know why don't you go um you can write a letter to your congressman or you can write you can basically they had all of the mailing accoutrement uh, and like some prompts of like things to say so you could go promote, um, you know, women's health and like obviously mm-hmm, be like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, let's protect access to health care. <clears throat> um, and then you could write write various politicians that they had like, you know, targeted and said like, hey, if you want to say anything. So I did that for a little bit, which is pretty fun. Brilliant. Yeah. No, it was, it was fantastic. It was it was one of my better birthday experiences. Anyway, passive aggressive. Yeah. I would love to set that up. So, like, I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast. I suspect that we have, but I can't remember all of the conversations that we have, whether we've recorded them or not. Yeah. Um, here at Planned Parenthood, every year on Good Friday, yeah. they have which was when was that they they have um this guy who shows up to protest the clinic on Good Friday, who's hauling around this gargantuan wooden cross. (laughs) I've told you about this, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You remember the image. Uh So, um, yeah, that happens. And like that group of people, it's like Minnesota citizens concerned for life. And like, it's these Catholics with this like 40 days of Lent thing. I don't know. I, I was raised Catholic and I still don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So like, I just don't get what they're getting at. So anyway, um, they, they would, they would get a real kick out of something like the, the jello shot abortion baby dumpster Um, yes yeah like that's just so great i would love to give that to them or like do it for them it demonstrate it because when i used to volunteer there i walked past the same group of people every day Mm -hmm. and they would always yell something at me about my abortion and i'm like how i'm like here three days a week right 
Like, what do you you're, think I'm doing in this building? You're just clearly like a prolific slut or whatever it is they're thinking. Yeah, like you guys aren't even paying attention. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> like, I just I talked to you yesterday. I saw you. Like, you've seen me. <laughs> like, you Catholics out here uh-huh. should be, like, ecstatic about the miracle that I am. Right. You think that I'm showing up day after day and getting abortion after abortion. <laughs> yes. Like, I'm amazing. Right. <laughs> There's something magic about me. Uh. <laughs> you guys should really rethink this. Uh huh. <sighs> so weird. Um, passive aggressive foods. Here's another one. I went and I had to. Uh, I had to. Um, well, I didn't have to, but I have like these little spider veins on my leg, and if you mm-hmm. let them go too long, they can turn into like varicose veins, and then it's one of those things where if you put off dealing with it medically, it just becomes this like, nightmare. Right. right. And so every once in a while, I go like, I've had them zapped with a laser, which is pretty painful, but it's super brief. So it's like, ow, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Ow, mm-hmm. oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. But it's like real intense. And it those that works really well, actually, to deal with them because there's no like recovery time or downtime. Yeah. But when you go in and have leg vein ablation with like injections, what they do is they like shoot this like weird salt watery solution into these tiny little veins and it collapses the veins and it crushes them. And then eventually they just reabsorb into your body. And you oh, right. Or whatever. Right. Super gross. So... When you do it with the needles, what they have to do is inject every single little spider vein. And so it's like oh. 30 or 40 punctures in like a small area of skin. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, it hurts so bad and it's so nauseating because the veins themselves are painful. And so yeah. like the whole thing is just awful. And when you do what I do and you see a needle coming at you and you <laughs> you break into a flop sweat, start, like <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> breathing strangely and you can't find your center and all of a sudden you're dissociated and then you realize that people are all looking at you like something's really wrong. You're like, no, no, this happens every time. <laughs> they passive aggressively give you like a tiny can of pop. Like, here, it's your blood sugar. And you're like, I don't think the blood sugar is the problem. I think it's like the 30 or 40 needles you just stabbed me with is the problem. Right. I don't have low blood pressure or low blood sugar. I have 40 puncture wounds in my leg. Yes. It's making me a little queasy. Right. <laughs> Thank you for your passive-aggressive tiny pop. <laughs> Oh, that's mm. good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's always like it's have you ever noticed that when you're at the doctor and they give you this like if they give you pop or whatever yeah. to help you not faint, it's always like Sprite. It's oh. never like one of the yes. brown pops. It's right, always right. one of the clear pops. I don't yep. know why. But that just makes me think I like I associate illness yeah. and medical trauma with Sprite like, now. Sprite or ginger ale? Does Sprite know this? Ginger ale especially. Oh, my yep. God. Nobody nobody ever drinks ginger ale when they feel good unless they're a drunk and they're mixing it with their other booze uh-huh. or you're sick. Right. <laughs> drunk or sick? Um, or both. Or both. Yeah. Ginger ale has always been uh, – ginger ale and like Sprite or 7-Up, um, they've mm-hmm. definitely been the uh, sick – because it's, it's, sugary, yep. it's sugary soda water, so – it's yeah. got the fizz and the sugar and the yeah. I would much rather have the soda water without the sugar. Yeah. Like next yeah. time, uh, next time they passive aggressively offer me pop because they think I'm overreacting to a needle, I'm gonna be like, oh, do you have San Pellegrino water? <laughs> do you have Panna sparkling water? Right. <laughs> Can I have something without sugar? <laughs> when I 
when I was when I got my Moderna shot the other day. Oh yeah, uh-huh. I got my shot number one. We talked about Woo. this. Yes, yeah, yes, and you made me feel much better because I was convinced that all of the symptoms that I was feeling, which <clears throat> nobody had ever warned me about, yeah, and were not anywhere on the list of things that I needed to worry about, were exactly the same things <laughs> that you experienced. And I'm like, yes. Hallelujah! I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening to me. Yes. And then it was gone like two hours later. But I still have my, I haven't taken my, your my band-aid, band-aid off. off. I'm yeah. too afraid. I don't know what's under there. A hole. There's a hole under there. They put a hole in my arm and blood came out. <laughs> it was super gross. It started bleeding everywhere and I was like, ah. <laughs> the doctor was like, oh, this happens sometimes. I was like, ah. Oh, God. Oh, you got to like. It's like, never happened to It's me almost like it wasn't even that you got, it's not even the vaccine necessarily. You got a bad shot. Yeah, like I got like they got you. Like it needed to be subcutaneous. Yeah, right. Like it needed to be just. I was really lucky. Like I, I went to this um, random like local, um, like independent. um, Come on, Ned. Words. uh, Pharmacy. Oh, and um, and they, and they had uh, both times I got the shot. So I just had my last one on Thursday. Both times I got the shot, the person giving the shot was so good that the second time I got the shot, I was like, wait, are they like running a scam where they're just like kind of prick you with a needle real quick just to like make you think you got the shot and then you didn't get the shot? Of course, later I was like, oh, yeah, I got the shot because I felt all the symptoms. (laughs) But but in the moment, like the first time I was like, "Okay, that's like what I've experienced with a flu shot. And it wasn't until later that I had like some of the experience. Like I had very very toned down version of what you experienced. Um, Ah. The second time I reacted uh, or I had more of the other stuff like like. I felt feverish. Fever, I, I didn't have a yeah. fever, but it was like I had like joint pain and was just kind of like. Um, the first time I had that feeling where it was like it felt very much like the pain was. It's not it wasn't like a sharp pain, but it was like I felt like like my veins in my like or the big artery in my arm was like unhappy and like, yes. like sort of fucked up. And so it felt very yeah. vulnerable because it was like deep. And yeah. like real close to my heart and like close yes! to me. Yes, and yeah. Yes! And so yes, that was, why, yeah. yeah, that's how I, I felt. Um, and it felt very, uh, it, the feeling was the kind of feeling that when I describe it to people, they're like, oh, that's just in your head. No, it's not. No, it's not. But that's, that is the, yeah. I often associate that particular kind of feeling with people yes. telling me that I'm making shit up. Yes. Um, I, yes. I'm like, totally on board with you. I, yeah. I agree 100%. Yes. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, people kind of uh, basically Same. like gaslighting me and being like, that's not what happened. That's not how it felt. You don't know what you're talking about. That's ridiculous. Because yeah. I also was like, I kind of feel like I'm having a heart attack. Yes. Yeah, I, I remember. <laughs> like, and the pain like spread. So I, I went and saw our physical therapist yesterday who was yeah. like, well, the reason that you had such a weird reaction to this partly yeah. is because you have such a small deltoid muscle that they gave you the shot higher up and they like gave it to you in your shoulder joint. Oh, God. Yeah. And so that's why my whole joint was like fucked up and it spread into like my chest, like you're saying. Yeah, and right. it was like the underside of my arm where like my femoral artery is. Yes. No, yeah. femoral is in your leg. That's yeah, like, yeah. That's your no, the um, your brachial artery. Brachial. Yeah, yeah. Brachial. Yes. Yep. And it comes right off of your heart right there on the left side, which is the side that gave me the shot in my left arm. And so yeah. I was like, I'm having like my arm, it feels terrible. 
And also my chest feels weird and I feel like I'm having a heart arm attack, <laughs> right. which I just started calling my harm attack. <laughs> and uh, I decided that you and I are the first people with these symptoms and that's yeah. why they didn't warn us about it. And I can't tell whether we have an obligation to tell them about this or not. I, 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 not that I was happy that you went through that experience, but I did enjoy um, one aspect of it, which was that Damon, like we were texting and you were like, yeah, I'm like, this really hurts. And we were talking a little bit and then you kind of disappeared. And a little bit later, Damon's like, Hey, so, uh, Meg's like writhing around on the floor. <laughs> Any thoughts? And, um, I mean, it was, you know, the way Damon, like it, it, it was, it was very kind. It wasn't like, you know, he just was like polite about it. He's like and, a polite um, language interpreter for our madness. Yeah. And I was like, you know, and I suggested some things. I was like, you know, you could try hot or cold. Like I remember for me, I remember, I think warmth was nice, but I also was like, you know, or maybe offer cold things like, you know, an ice pack. Cause you know, like, I don't know what you're going to yeah. feel. Um, and so anyway, I mean, we made it through, but it was just so we funny. Did, yeah. It was, um, I don't know. I, I often enjoy Damon in, in that kind of context. Not that, yes. not that that's where I want it to be. I'm just saying it's like the way he, the way he conducts himself is always enjoyable for me. Like, in a, uh, uh-huh. like I find it admirable. I'm like, I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, you can dispense with some of the niceties right now in this moment. Like you can just get to the point, but, um, yeah. and it wasn't, I, I didn't feel that way this time. Like he was really to the point. It just also had some politeness about it. That was funny. Um, <clears throat> that I, I appreciate. I think it's, he knew what to do with me. Yeah. We had different shots. He had the Johnson and Johnson shot. Oh really? He did. He got the single shot and oh. he was totally knocked off his feet by it. Oh, when was that? Ooh, two or almost three weeks ago. Gotcha. He yeah. got it. He got it on a Monday. Right. I was supposed to get it on a Tuesday, and he went in on Monday and got it. And mm-hmm. by like three in the afternoon, was incapacitated, like couldn't be upright, um, and had a fever. And then that night, like we went to bed a little bit early, he completely sweated through all of the sheets and blankets. Oh, sweat the bed. Oh my God, so bad. The bed was soaking wet. And then um, the next day he felt kind of shitty still. And then by the third day he was fine. And I was like, oh man, I'm not looking forward to this at all. And mostly because like Damon is the responsible party who works for money outside of our house right now. And I mm-hmm. handle kind of the running everything else. Like, so I do all of the cooking and cleaning and and yard work and things like that and shoveling when there's snow. And I actually enjoy all of these things. And I think it's a pretty sweet deal right. <laughs> at the moment. So I'm not complaining. Um, just want to make that really clear. But uh, what uh, what my main concern was is like if I'm wiped out for a day or two, yeah. it's going to be like so much shit I have to catch up on. Like yep. right now is prime gardening time. So if you miss a day or two or something, it's like you're, it's a huge setback in terms of our growth schedule. <laughs> like yes. All these things yeah. are piling up in my mind. I was like, oh, my God. And then I went in and I woke up the next morning to go get my shot and I looked at my phone first thing at like six in the morning and it was like, nobody's getting the Johnson and Johnson shot. And I was like, oh, what? And so I like called my clinic and I was like, hey, I'm supposed to be there like two hours from now to get this shot. What do I do? And they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, you don't know about this? 
Yes. Like six people died. Apparently, right. I'm just finding out. So they were like, Ooh, let us put you on hold for a second. And so they went and checked and they came back. They're like, yeah, you're not getting that shot today. And I was like, okay. So then they were like, let's do it next Tuesday and you can have the Moderna instead. And I was like, great. That's fine because I actually prefer that like formula yeah. scientifically to the Johnson & Johnson one. Although I was willing to take anything and also one shot would have been fine. Yeah, so absolutely. Kind of nice. Yeah, there's so, some advantage to the one shot that's kind of nice. Sure. So. Yeah, yep. it would. Be, it's fine either way. So I was like, Moderna's great. And then I realized, oh, but we rescheduled it right in the middle of my finals week. And I was like, well, I definitely can't do that. Like, I'm already worried about getting arrested at a protest and not having time to finish my finals. Yeah. So I don't really want to do anything like uh, get the flu sh- or get the vaccine, COVID <clears throat> vaccine, then get arrested, then spend three days in jail. So I was like, that's not going to work. And so I had to change the appointment to this past Tuesday instead. Mm-hmm. So I had to move it like three times because I one time they offered me like a they at the very beginning of vaccinating people, they had an extra shot that they didn't want to go bad. Right. But I was in class and I couldn't get down there. And so I had to say no. And I was like, fuck, I wonder if they're ever going to call me back, you know, like, right, I right. Rejected it. But <clears throat> then I was just able to schedule it regularly. So I get my next one on May 25th. And like, judging from what you said, I expect since we had similar symptoms that apparently nobody else on the planet has ever had and thinks we're crazy for saying that we had them. Uh-huh. Um, I suspect my experience with the second shot will be similar to yours. I mean, I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they don't inject it right into your joint again and you can get it. Yeah. Like maybe you can (laughs) kind of point that out to them or something. Well, and I think I kind of threw people off when I got there. Surprise, surprise. So I was like, yeah, I just, I want to talk to whoever's giving me this shot really quick about the fact that I'm allergic to a different type of vaccine. And so let's just. Have a chat through this right. quick. Yeah. And so they kept me for like a half hour afterwards and everything was fine. I did not have anaphylaxis. Right. And I didn't have a negative reaction to the shot aside from the usual things that, that mm-hmm. happen. Um, but I think I threw them off a little bit because I was like, well, the last time something really bad happened to me with a vaccine, it was really, really bad. And right. It wasn't something that happened in 30 minutes. It was something that happened like three to four hours later and then uh-huh. proceeded to almost kill me for two and a half weeks after. Right. So like, I'm really not keen to repeat anything even remotely like this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we talked about other people who have had the vaccine and um, how there hasn't been anything specific about people who have tetanus allergies. It's a te- people who have tetanus allergies are a very specific group of people. It's a really unusual allergy, yeah. and it always impacts people exactly the same. My new next door neighbors, the ones that we just become good friends with, yeah. they're allergic to tetanus vaccine. Oh, really? Super. So there's two of us living next door to each other, which wow, is wow, that's super interesting. I've only met one other person in my whole life who is allergic to them. Hmm. besides our neighbor and me so anyway they were like a little thrown off by like my series of medical complications and so i think maybe they were a little like their routine wasn't as practiced with me right right made them do things a little differently than normal and so when they gave me the shot it, it kind of reminded me of like if you were holding a kitchen knife over your head and ready to stab somebody like overhanded, you know, in like a chopping movie, like, yes. yeah, like, like I'm going to kill you with this knife pointing into your chest. Like they kind of like closed a fist around 
oh. around the shot and just like yeah, right into my arm and it was like oh my god like you threw it at a dartboard like I, I was inches away from you you didn't need to be that aggressive with the with the needle and it was just like ah and then the like slam of the of the plunger uh-huh. and I think that's probably why the blood came out because the addition of the volume of liquid from the shot displaced a bunch of blood out of my arm because they did it so quickly I was like ah <laughs> just like blood shooting out everywhere and like I was like did the vaccine come out with that like did it even get yes, in me right. there's like liquid everywhere right now and so that kind of like threw me off and then I started pouring sweat because it was like why is there blood <laughs> like, and it's mine <laughs> and then as soon as they put the shot in and they put the actual you know like vaccine liquid in yeah. I felt it go in and then I felt it slide down the inside of my uh-huh. arm pool in my elbow where uh-huh. it hurt for two hours <laughs> didn't hurt where the needle went in just hurt where all the shit pooled in my elbow right right and i was like i'm i am confident that i am actually experiencing this like this hurts uh-huh. and nobody told me about that part right and then right after it was like pooled in my elbow first 25 or so minutes post shot i was sitting in this room just like waiting to die you know <laughs> like mm-hmm. maybe something yeah. terrible is about to happen and I had to pee and I was like, I need to go pee. And then they didn't trust me to go pee by myself because I was so sweaty and terrible looking. So I needed a chaperone. <laughs> and then I could drive home. But my dead arm, the shot arm was like, it didn't want to work right. Uh-huh. And I had to like drive one armed. One armed back to yeah. your. <laughs> and then my arm felt like the whole thing cramped up like oh. super bad. Oh, that's my rough. whole arm. Yeah. I've never had every muscle in my arm cramp up at the same time before. Yeah, I had I had mild cramping probably compared to what you experienced, but it was definitely yeah. um, it was unnerving because it came. It was so unassociated with like directly at the injection site. Yes. Um, yeah, like my forearm and all of the muscles that you would use to like make a strong grip on something. Yeah. All those muscles were like cramped and useless. Yep. I couldn't even hold the steering wheel or like I couldn't articulate my fingers enough to use the like um, yeah, yeah. turn signal. I just had to like kind of slap at it. Oh, <laughs> <just> like me. <laughs> With like dead fingers. And I was like, my arm is like, like, like the muscles won't work. This is nuts. Like. Mm-hmm. All I heard was, oh, it hurts when they give you the shot. And I'm like, that's like when people say, like, you know you're having a heart attack when you have chest pain. And I'm like, chest is a big place. And yes. pain is real nondescript. Like, right. what are we talking yes. about here, please? You right. have chest pain literally all the time. Yes. Yeah. What are you telling me? <laughs> I was thinking they – I wonder if they have um, – remember when we were talking about uh, – what was it? The ICSS or the International Color Society or the yes. inter inter – inter uh shit it was the inter or the inter color i wrote it down in pen in my notes and i don't have them in front of me it was this is i can't remember what it was called something um the iscc right the uh the international or no the inter society color council um, yes. So they came up with that system to like normalize the naming of colors. I like why isn't there something like that for the way to like naming pain? Yeah. I mean pain is harder because it is so subjective. But there's like it's pushing hard to... pain, stabbing yeah. pain, burning pain, mm-hmm. itching pain, uh sharp pain, dull pain, throbbing right. pain, aching pain. 
like there's so many different ways to describe it yes yeah and i was just kind of imagining like you could do some kind of um standardized test where it's like you know this is this is a similar pain to pricking your finger with a needle as opposed yes. to holding it over a candle as opposed to holding it onto an ice cube too long or you know that kind of thing um yeah i do want to uh get back to only because my time is a little bit uh, narrow today i <laughs> so another passive aggressive food and man english foods are passive aggressive yes they are english foods are very passive aggressive and they're also very peasanty they are so um grody dick oh my god I, so this is so often i think the english uh use the word dick to mean pudding yeah, why? or not to mean pudding, but that's like I don't know. You know, you have why spotted dick, which is actually like a pudding. Um, anyway, grody pudding or grody dick is a traditional dish from the Black Country in England, um, and it's made from soaked groats, beef, leeks, onions, and beef stock um, that are baked together at a very moderate temperature, like around 150 degrees C, uh, for up to 16 hours. Yuck! <laughs> so it's just this like groat. It's just this like groats. So. Um, Groats are basically uh, they're the sort of hulled berries or kernels of cereal grains. Um, oh, okay. As opposed to um, like the the sort of processed like oats. So like oat groats are basically um, <laughs> or like barley groats are kind of like the whole sort of kernel of the speed, seed. Um, so it's got it's got basically the entire part of the the whole grain, right? It's like the okay. whole grain that hasn't even been crushed or or processed or milled or um yeah. So they're basically the hold the hulled kernels of various cereal grains. Okay. So um yeah, so the uh yeah, uh where was I? Anyway, so so Grody Dick I yes. feel like if you brought this dish to a party, it's definitely a passive-aggressive dish to show up with. <laughs> There's another one, um, <clears throat> which is uh, – so, I mean, they also have – like, I'm a little loath to use this word because it's become such a slur. But um, so faggots are meatballs made from minced cut, cut offcuts and awful. Um, oh. And so that, that's – I have never heard that definition. I had never either, but looking at the Wikipedia page, um, it's apparently like it's, you know, been around and been used like at least since 1850s. What is the wiki page that you're on for this one? British Foods? Uh, no, this is the uh, Faggot Foods. Oh. Um, here, I'll send you the I'll send you the link. Um, I didn't know there was an entire page for that. Yeah. And so uh, I just want to oh, be. Yep, I found it. Wow. How did this? So how did this escape? Like how did this escape us? Like the fact that there's a legitimate use of this word that doesn't involve bundles of sticks, which is the one that I was commonly told about as a child because people are always so like so obnoxious about defending the use of a word that's controversial. Yeah, and I mean that's no excuse. And also, I will say though, in England, um, when I was living in England in the in early 2000. it was in common parlance and not used as a slur. It was often referred to, uh, often cigarettes were referred to that because yes, they're that basically too. sticks, right? Like a bundle yeah. of sticks. Um, and that was the meaning. Like I didn't, there were plenty of people who were like homophobic in England, but that, you know, using this as a, using this word as a slur was not in common use that way. 
Yeah, um, the food item dates back to June 1843. Yeah. Um, hmm. And again, if you're listening to this and you really think we probably shouldn't put this on air, please write us an email and we'll be happy to edit it. Um, yeah. I don't – I mean, I like – I, anyway, we don't need to use the word anymore because it's obviously there's a reason we shouldn't. But yeah. anyway, that that particular food, these these sort of like, I feel like this is a really aggressive kind of or a passive aggressive kind of food to show up with or eat. Really, um, I mean, it's it's more of the kind of like, you know, like these meatballs made with awful and yeah. awful itself is a pretty um, what I would describe Awful's as a awful. pretty passive aggressive food yeah um, awful o-f-f-a-l yes yeah uh it's basically um it's, it's basically undesirable meat parts from an animal yeah just kind of ground up oftentimes and just sort of like crammed into like you know mixed with some bready kind of or like some kind of grain or some kind of cereal um yeah. and then you know just sort of baked forever just you know any any life in it is just entirely decimated by a long slow heating process or something yeah yeah (laughs) just just heated forever until it disintegrates yeah um this entry actually has a has a section on the double meaning oh interesting no i didn't the use of the word has caused controversy due to its additional meaning as a pejorative term for a homosexual man. Actually, the the term homosexual man is almost becoming pejorative yes, in of right. itself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2004, a radio commercial for the UK supermarket chain Summerfield um, featured a man rejecting his wife's suggested dinner, saying, I've got nothing against them. I just don't fancy them and was found to have breached the advertising and sponsorship code and was banned by the industry regulator Ofcom. Fantastic. Yeah, because I mean, in that context, like there's like you're literally referencing it as the pejorative. Yes. So fuck you. Like, yeah, you know, fuck you. E-A-D. Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Eat a grody dick. Eat a grody dick, Ned. Yes. So, yeah, British food, like. We talked about this, and I think we talked about this on one of the episodes of the podcast, too, uh, about when when I was in sophomore year of high school and my um, classmates were in junior or senior year of high school, we all went over to Britain and France for a little bit on a trip. And they let me go as the youngest person on the trip because I was already fluent in French. <laughs> and so I got to go on this trip and a bunch of the people who were on the trip had never left Mendota Heights, Minnesota. And uh-huh. they'd never seen anyone who doesn't look like a blonde Scandinavian version of themselves. And so we got to Britain and we had to go on the subway and one of the people on the trip, Marta, was very upset about this and was traumatized by the entire thing and was very sheltered and had a meltdown <clears throat> in the middle of the subway train car because Chelsea ate her last good apple and she hated British food. <laughs> and she cried at like 10 or 11 p.m. in the middle of a subway on a Saturday night with a bunch of loud, happy, drunk people who uh-huh. she was terrified of and was like, Chelsea ate my last good apple. <laughs> Actually, she said it with a Minnesota accent. So it was like, Chelsea, eat my last good apple. That's what it sounded like. (laughs) (laughs) And I just like, every time I think of British food, I think of how upset Marta was by it. Uh 
Like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I need to eat this food. (laughs) I'm in a subway. I've always thought it was kind of bizarre how England is both, like, home to – they're sort of – culturally speaking, English food is, like, the most bland. Yes. And and yet, England is a great place to get some of the very best food. Really? Really? Oh, yeah. Like, they have some of the most amazing restaurants. Um, For instance, uh, let's see. Is it the – I think there's the – so the Fat Duck is in England, which is is in Berkshire, England. And it's a – there's a famous chef, Heston Blumenthal, who who ran that or runs that restaurant. Mm. And that's one of the, like, early pioneers of sort of, like, um, like – what is it like molecular gastronomy or like the sort of hipster movement of like yeah. creating like alternative foods. And um, if you, if you're into cooking, some of his earlier shows are really good. Some of his later stuff I think gets too sensationalized, but mm. he had, um, he did a show that I really enjoyed, which was called, um, let me find it here. So he did, so he did some program like kissed, he did uh, a program called Kitchen Chemistry with Heston Blumenthal, um, which is pretty fucking fun. Um, and then a, a lot of his early stuff is really good. Um, he also did something called Heston's, Heston's Feasts, which are mm. fun, but start to start to dip into the sort of um, reality TV show kind of thing where um, the, it starts to become more sensationalized and less about the food and more about mm. bullshit people interacting with each other and yeah like in in obnoxiously unrealistic ways right um yes so uh but yeah i mean all of his stuff is really good uh interesting i mean it's it looks fascinating and really interesting um (laughs) and he really kind of like gets into a lot of food that way so and so england has a lot of the um the like michelin star restaurants uh okay that said um I mean, this is probably like the way England does all of this shit. It's like, I think they also established the Michelin star. Um, uh, wasn't it French? Well, Michelin star favors French cooking. Um, oh. The Michelin guide, uh, let's see. I'm just going to just go through it really quick. Let's see. So yeah. um, it's the oldest European hotel and restaurant reference guide. And let's look at the history here. So, um, so yeah, it was French. Interesting. Hmm. I guess that makes more sense. I mean, French, England, like, you know, They're European, like, yeah, it's very close. And, and, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the fact that the guide has become like the pinnacle of like what it means to like, you know, have the mm-hmm. best restaurant Mm-hmm. Also goes a long way to say, like, well, it came from France. It favors French cooking to the almost to the extreme, right. where it's like all of this the three star French or all the three star restaurants basically serve French cooking. Like that's yes. you know, um, yeah, right. it's, it's kind of. Uh, but England has a lot of the, um, or I guess you know maybe that's just their proximity to Europe. Maybe my uh, yeah, maybe I'm well just being, London. I mean, if if we're talking about restaurants that are in and around London, I'm not surprised yeah. because that's been a super influential and international city for a really long time. Right, right. Yep. Um I like London a lot. Yeah. No, I think it's I like a, France a lot too. Yeah. I even like 
I even appreciate the snobbier aspects of French people. Right. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> right. right. I, get, I get that you want to have nice things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can appreciate that. Right. Like, life is short. <laughs> life is short. Yeah. No Aim kidding. high. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I have not. I don't know that I've ever eaten at a Michelin starred restaurant. I have a suspicion that I have. But if I ate there, it wasn't because of that. Right, right. And I don't think I've ever been to a two or three. I've only been to a one. But I can't remember. Uh, like, it was probably either Chicago, New Orleans, mm-hmm. or somewhere in California. Right. Um, if you, if and when you come to Minneapolis, we should try to do it at a time of year where it makes sense to drive to Chicago so we can go to Alinea. Oh, cool. I'd love to do that. I've, I want to yeah. go to, I've never been to Chicago. It's one place oh, I want to Oh, God. Visit. Chicago's amazing. Damon really likes it there. It's only a six-hour drive away. Um, and we could like stay someplace relatively cheap and then just hit all the museums and eat at Alinea. Um, Alinea is this restaurant that Grant Ackett's developed. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I don't know what else to call it other than developing because it's really unusual, even though a lot of people now are like, oh, we can do that too. But Uh like he was visionary when he did it and he creates these like 22 or 24 course meals that you like pay for up front and then you just go and they bring you all the things. And there's like molecular gastronomy and there's like all kinds of weird food science and like every one of his plates tells a story. Like there's a story that accompanies it. So, oh, oh my uh-huh. God, this is yeah. like multidimensional art projects, right? Yeah. Except it's just food is the medium. Food and storytelling. And so I was like, fuck, I got to This guy's amazing. And I think there are people who are trying to imitate it based on the looks of the food or... the techniques but i don't think any like i think what's amazing about this is that grant ackett's is like a fucking artist and the art that he makes is amazing as a result and Mm -hmm. it's not really about the technique or the style or whatever it's about this person interesting yeah he's really cool you should like google him what's his how do you spell his name his last name is his first name is grant and his last name is ackett's a-c-h-a-t-z gotcha yeah and he is a chef and he was <clears throat> like very promising and kind of a rising star in the culinary world. And then he got cancer mm-hmm. and had to have like a huge portion of his tongue removed and his throat. And um, they were worried that he would lose all of his like sense of taste and smell as a result and wouldn't be able to continue working as a chef. And he like never even slowed down. He just kept going. And so he's like completely recovered from cancer and has been cooking ever since. And wow, like he's just one of those people who's like other people could try and be as good as him, but you're never going to be him. And so you're just going to be an imitation of what this person was able to accomplish. Like he's just fantastic. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and his food is amazing. Like, yeah, one of my favorite things that he did is he like <clears throat> he talked about the the smells mm-hmm. and the experiences, like the sensory experiences of being on his grandparents' farm oh. and burning leaves in the fall. And mm-hmm. so, one of the meals that he makes comes with he uses a smoker to fill up this like paper pillow with with oak leaf smoke, mm-hmm. and then. They seal the pillow off and then they, when they bring the food out, it's on a plate and they set it on top of the pillow and they poke little holes in the paper pillow so that the smoke seeps out really slowly. So you Uh get the smell of the burning leaves in fall while you're eating the food that he serves to you. Oh, that's cool. And he, and the story about like, 
you know, I'm I'm recreating the experience of being on my grandparents' farm in the fall. And right, the type right. Of food we would eat there and the smells and the yeah, yeah. atmosphere or whatever. I was just like, this is fucking like visionary. This yeah, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I have, um, we have, there were carob trees on the um, street that I grew up on. And so when I smell mm. carob trees, and they have a very distinct smell when I when I smell them, it's just like, like super strong flashback to uh, childhood. Because yeah. we would, cr- we would climb in the carob trees and spend like half a day up there just like hanging out in the branches. Oh, fun. Yeah. What do they uh, look like? Um, I don't know what they, what do they, I mean, I don't, like a tree. Um, I like, like, so they have, um, so the carob beans are the things that are like they're like these long pods that that turn really black brown like a really yeah. dark black brown. Um they have fairly large seeds. So usually the pods are like like I'd say like 6 to 7 inches, maybe even a foot long, um kind of narrow and flat. Um they kind of look like some weird like sort of green bean. Yeah. Um but they're more flat. Uh, they're, and they get pretty hard and kind of brittle. Um, mm-hmm. the trees themselves, uh, grow like, I'm trying to like f- kind of describe it. So the leaves are, um, the leaves are kind of, uh, oval and fairly small, like probably like two to three inches at most. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bark is not rough. But not so it's not like a um it's not like a like a patterned bark. It's just sort of like a smooth kind huh. of kind of not smooth smooth, but it's like it's pretty continuous. Like where there's breaks, it's because there was a branch there or whatever. Like mm. it's just kind of this skin. Um and then as a tree, they just kind of grow up and out and and depending on how you trim them, they can look a lot like an oak tree or um you know that kind of shape but the ones on our street were on the um on the easement side of the sidewalk so they were usually city trimmed which just meant that like they just kind of grew up and had branches lopped off at various times when a you know when a city worker came by and decided it was too far out into the street or too much in one direction or another um they're pretty uh like they i don't know what they're like to like keep because i was a kid you know and they just were on the street and we didn't worry about them um, mm-hmm. other than to to climb in them um but yeah they were um i don't know they're interesting i cool i would say carob is a is a passive aggressive food like it carob is. chocolate yes like, just to I bring it full circle that. yeah uh, yes, I'm putting that as number six on our list of specifically passive aggressive foods, yes, carob like I have been tricked by aggressive vegans more than once who were like it's just like chocolate and i'm like no it's not it's not like chocolate at all well and the funny thing about it is that i don't know why there's nothing inherently more or less healthy about it as far as i can tell like if you're making a carob chocolate the problem with carob chocolate the problem with chocolate is the sugar and the fat right like and and those aren't even problems unless you have too much of them and so it's kind of you're just making yourself miserable for no reason. It's just like missing out on a better. It's just a, like a shitty yeah. version of chocolate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a weird carob is a weird weird thing. Um, yeah. So yep, I think that 
I think certain types of cheeses are passive aggressive. Yep. Yep. Like Stilton cheese, that's passive. If you eat Stilton cheese in a room full of people. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, here's another passive aggressive food. Fucking burnt popcorn in the office microwave. Oh, so passive aggressive. I was also thinking like um, as soon as I w- we started talking about the passive aggressive food, I had a story in mind, which was that um, one time I had some friends visiting from Australia and I was very excited and we were going to barbecue. At, a, at another friend's house and mm-hmm. so i bought this like giant side of salmon yes and i was very excited about it and i i overcooked it oh. and it was like it felt very passive aggressive because like i i think everybody was being polite and i was just like this is the worst like it's it's hard to struggle through like overcooked salmon is like some of the worst food in my mind because it just yeah. it just goes from this like kind of fatty rich like like flavorful kind of soft mm-hmm. food to this just really like overcooked salmon the taste it tastes sort of salmon like but it's so dry on your tongue and it leaves this like i always think of it as like sort of a metallic kind of yeah or some weird thing i remember when i was a kid like thinking salmon is gross but it was just because i was always having bad salmon i can only eat it raw at this yeah, point. Like yeah, the older like, I've gotten, the more revolting I find it if it's even slightly cooked. Right? Yeah. I also have this problem with red meat. So like, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I don't like eating animals. It really it grosses me out on Same. like a yeah. really deep level. Um not for moral reasons, although I there's a lot of those too, right? But right. like just on a visceral level, I'm repulsed by meat. But the more rare it is, the more likely I am to be able to get it down. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you cook a like ground beef well done, all I smell is burning bodies. Right. Yes. It, like I just can't eat it. I'm like this just smells like dead yeah. people burnt up. Like this smells like cremation. I don't want to eat this. But I can eat raw hamburger all day. Yeah. There's a lot of places like Interesting. there are yeah. a couple of places if we know we're gonna go somewhere and I'm gonna eat a hamburger. I'm like, we need to go to the place that will cook it raw for me. Right. Right. Where they're like, it's your funeral. And I'm like, thanks. I'll remember that. Just yes. Give me the, yes, the right. raw bloody meat. Why? Well, yes, it is. Thank you for noticing. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to make somebody tearfully sing, oh, by <laughs> at my funeral. Uh, I wish that I had enough money yes. that I could hold it over people after I'm gone. Uh huh. So it's like, I know you want that million and a half dollars. You're just going to have to sit through this whole karaoke evening to get it. <laughs> and all we're... So yes. one of my exes used to hilariously at karaoke, he used to sing the, the song Lady in Red. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if you remember it, but the uh, chorus is Lady in Yes, Red. yes, yeah. Yeah. But the whole time, like, this either went over really well or really poorly. Uh-huh. Because he would fake cry through the whole performance of the song at uh-huh. karaoke. And some people thought it was brilliant performance art. And other people were outraged that he would wreck that song and make a <laughs> mockery of karaoke night at a dive bar. That's on so Wednesday. funny. Wednesday. <laughs> so good. <laughs> he would just like, uh-huh. 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 is dancing with me. <laughs> Oh, that is hilarious. Passive aggressive karaoke songs. Uh-huh. Um, 
for your passive aggressive burnt salmon. Oh man! Somebody tries to send it's some, some bar tries to like offer you the Friday night special of like salmon primavera. Don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, salmon is just such a weird. It's so heavy and oily too. Oh but, like, god! It's so heavy and oily. <laughs> I can barely stand it. Um. Yeah, that's definitely a passive aggressive food. Mm-hmm. I think like I. Canned tuna fish is one of my favorite things to eat for a sandwich, uh-huh. like tuna salad sandwich. But yeah. that also is in the same category with like hard-boiled eggs and popcorn. Don't fucking eat them in a building where other people are. Right, right. Just don't do it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that airline food back when you used to be able to get it is passive aggressive. Yeah, yep. Because it's so tiny. Yeah. Um, and it's so expensive. Like you're paying $8 for a dry turkey sandwich. I paid $17 for a dry turkey sandwich at fucking LAX one time because I was desperate. LAX is one of the worst airports. I just – I I always just Horrible. dread going there. I mean I live close to it and so I am often have, have to go there because that's where like the bulk of international flights mm-hmm. – um, you know, if I want to go anywhere directly – I go yeah. there. I mean, usually, usually indirect flights usually involve basically leaving from San Diego and then arriving at LAX and then going somewhere. So it's just kind of, oftentimes yeah. I'm like, "Fuck that!" I'll just go directly to LAX. But right, ah oh, man, like I've had some of the worst experiences at LAX. <laughs> it's just, just like panic-inducing amounts of like crowded, hot, sweaty waiting rooms yes. and like I'm like what is going on here like it's so crowded and so packed and anyway um it's a bummer yeah it's a bummer <laughs> <laughs> good times anyway uh yeah um i don't know i oh i think i, I don't know i think that's i think we've kind of covered most of the passive aggressive we have yeah um i'm sure if you're listening to this you have all kinds of ideas and we'd love to hear them uh, and you could write in and let us know. And you can write yes. to uh, Dana at, so that's D-A-N-A at FCBM.io. Uh, she's our executive assistant. She'll take care of you or, you know, make sure all of the information gets sent to us. Um, or, you know, whatever. You can write to us too. But you can find out our email addresses on our website, FCBM.io. Um, yeah. You know, just go there and check out the contacts or just email Dana directly. You don't have to look at our website. This is definitely not a plug for you to go to the website. There's nothing there but the podcast. Um, and I think that's it. And our contact information. And there's no advertising or anything. So it's not like I need you to go there to like drive up some weird <laughs> shit. Like none of this, none of this is uh, really driven by users or clicks or anything. So, um, you know, feel free. Or personal free. enrichment. <laughs> or personal. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like there was something else to talk about before we. Happy May Day! Up. Happy May Day! Yeah, it's May Day today. It the is day May that day. we're recording this. Uh, yeah, public holiday. Yep. Singing, dancing, cake. Uh, cake, and then of course, in 1889, May Day was chosen as the official date of the International Workers' Day by the Socialists and Communists of the Second International to commemorate the Haymarket Affair in Chicago. Wow. Yeah, it's a big uh, communist and socialist holiday. Oh, it is a good day then. Yep. And they're having a big parade in Minneapolis as per usual, which is a really cool parade because it's very similar to some other experiences that we've had together. Mm -hmm. Um, And lots of like two story tall puppets. Cool. 
walking around and lots of like somebody always has this cool thing that they roll down the street that's like a giant paint roller so it looks like a stamp roller and it stamps these giant stamps and paint on the street oh that's fun yeah i like that kind of thing lots of puppets lots of gutter punks lots with, of like, gutter contraption punks. bicycles uh-huh uh-huh yep. that's fun i can't go outside because i've had my face needled yes yeah you said um that's okay. Yeah. You can uh you can relax inside and and do whatever you want. And make this chili. Make that chili. You make that chili. Make the chili for a baby vicariously. Vicariously. But not so hot that it'll make him poop his pants or well he's going to poop his pants anyway, so he's it's fine. Poop his pants anyway. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's kind of his thing right now. <laughs> that sounds fun. All right. Mm-hmm. Um well, it was uh good to talk with you again and we will uh <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, thank you, thank you. We appreciate it. Yeah, and seriously, write us, write us an email. Let us know what you think because we know Send you're out us there. The fucking mail, right? Or we will mail you a bunch of overcooked salmon yeah. and burnt popcorn in aspic. <laughs> and cho- and we'll 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 mail uh, unmarked carob candies as opposed to chocolates, That's so right. you'll think they're chocolates. Ooh, chocolate! Wait, this tastes terrible. Why does this taste like bitter chalk? This tastes like <laughs> I always thought that carobs kind of tasted like even more uninteresting raisins mashed up into yes. it. <laughs> like they don't taste anything like chocolate. Right. They taste like raisins, sort of. Right. Yeah. That's the, my closest analog is like yeah, it's kind of like those dark colored raisins. Not the golden ones. Yes. <laughs> the dark ones. I feel like carob carob was this like this trend where it's like that misunderstanding of of the problem like um uh what is it margarine is like exactly this so it's like oh somebody's like hey it turns out that eating this kind of food in excess is bad for you and then the translation in somebody's head is like oh that food's bad for you and then they're like oh but i really like chocolate and then someone's like well this carob is kind of like chocolate if you're not eating chocolate and they're like great and they start eating carob not realizing that all the problems have nothing to do with like with margarine it's like the problem with eating butter isn't that it's butter the problem is you're eating hydrogenated fats yeah or saturated fats sorry yeah, yeah. i mean you're yeah, eating saturated these saturated fats. fats and guess what margarine is a saturated fat so just because you made this butter synthetically doesn't yeah. make it healthy for you no in fact the synthetic component of it is what makes it even worse than the butter because the your body doesn't actually break those down into like usable molecules and they just run around like taking chunks out of your cells to be honest with you like they cause dna damage yeah. did you know that yeah the margarine causes dna damage to your cells that's because they margarine. uh because of it... all the, the hydrogenated oils in it it's the trans fats right um Right, the trans fats are the uh, are the issue with because uh, they're the car- they're the they have free radicals or something. Yeah, they're really terrible for you. They're um, organic, like the compound when you like t- when you talk about the chemical makeup of the thing that is in margarine that's bad for you. The putting like the hydrogenated fats turns them into trans fats, and trans fats are not like things that can be broken down. Right, by, right, by your because body in. And- in butter, you have a fully, it's fully hydrogenated fat or it's fully, it's, it's, it's a, what is it called? Um, it's, it's a fully saturated fat. Right. And so it's not a trans fat, but you, right. trans fats are a byproduct of, of our 
inability to completely hydrogenate fats. So yeah, you end it's up like a with mostly of the industrial process, right? So you end up with these trans fats that are um, that are carcinogenic, which yep. is interesting. So they cause cancer. Yeah, they cause cellular damage, and your DNA is like, ah, I'm broken now. I'm killing you. Oh god, it's so sad because there's it's always that problem, right? Like where there's this like trend, and then it's like, and then and then capitalism's like, great, okay, how can we capitalize on this? Oh, we're gonna call these foods light. Yeah, like that whole thing. We should do a whole episode. Like I read about, was it Pringles that has they upped their their they upped their like salt content on their original Pringles so that they could call their um their light Pringles light because then they could put enough salt to make them taste good. Because the light designation only just means that it's like some fraction of the the original version. Right. Yeah. It doesn't yep. mean that it's actually like an acceptable lower amount of salt. It just right. means that what they did is move the bar, right? Like it's kind of mm-hmm. the way um it's kind of the way conservative party kind of works where they're like, you know, push so far hard to the right that your your previously extreme ideas now feel moderate. Yes. Like amplify the fringe as loud as you can so when you put a, you know, political party or you put a political member on the stand and they're like oh well you know i just want to kill people who are under five and everybody's like that's amazing because those other people want to kill everybody under 18 right that's amazing this 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 guy's this is rational this guy knows what he's doing it's like what yeah Yeah. this seems like a really moderate and concerned considered opinion right yes exactly right yeah, I, um, anyway, I sorry. think we should totally do another episode about uh, like killer foods or like yes. light foods or like, like yeah. I also think part of the problem that we're sort of getting around or feeling around here is that capitalism likes to isolate specific things and yep. then maximize those things. And it's like, but you're missing the bigger picture when you do that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like you can't reduce everything. You can't make everything this reductive process where you eliminate whatever isn't profitable and hone in on a profitable thing and isolate it and replicate that to the exclusion of everything else. Like, yeah, I know that's what you do all the time, but it doesn't work. It's like um, it's almost like we have this like ADHD culture where because like so I have ADHD pretty bad. And I one of the problems with ADHD is the. Um, like the hyper focus and the hyperbole of of existence where Mm -hmm. it's kind of like um, when I get focused on something, I push it to the extreme, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I got to go to the end of that and find out what that is. And so we kind of have this culture of like, someone's like, hey, you know, if you ate a little more kale, kale smoothies, kale for everybody. Like, it's just this insane amount of, you know, someone's like, hey, this this thing is kind of good. And now it's like, on every fucking corner and, you know, being shoved down your throat because yeah. that's how capitalism rewards. It's like, hey, you know, now you can trade on this new thing. You can get right. people to pay money for it because they don't understand or, you know, the education around it is difficult to access. Um, yep. Yeah. Like, so. oh, what? Hate kale? Just take this 12 pills of kale extract every day. Yeah. yeah. You don't need the kale. You just need the kale extract. Right. I mean, you just there's a whole industry being born every time somebody mentions some new piece of information it's insane yeah Yeah. um along with this killer food i'm putting um soylent beverage on here oh yes i love soylent i'm just do you really i do i just i i'm shocked i like it i like the flavor of it the original i've tried some of the other ones not for me um really which flavor do you like just the original one it's just the non-flavored what does it taste like it tastes kind of yeah it just tastes like it tastes um so if I, I 
if I drink it in the morning before I've eaten anything else or before I've like polluted, like before I've eaten anything sweet, it tastes yeah. mildly pleasantly sweet and very bland. Um, and it feel like I like, I like it because it's kind of, um, I, I would describe it as like a very digestible multivitamin. Yeah. Okay. As opposed to like, I don't know if you've, t- I mean, I'm sure you've taken multivitamins in your life where it's like, oh, yeah. these are a bad idea. You eat one multivitamin, your stomach's like blows up with gas and your whole mm-hmm. system's like, what the fuck is going on? And you're just like, right. you know, you kind of have to sneak it in with food. But with a, um, with a Soylent, if I have one of those, I'm like, oh, that's, you know, this worked out. And then also because it's got that kind of um, like balance of, of nutrients, I find like I'm, I maintain a really nice, like easy, gradual mm-hmm. movement in the morning movement. I mean, also movements, but I mean, like <laughs> my life, like my, my blood sugar and stuff is like, stays like it doesn't fuck with shit too much. Yeah. It's a, like a really solid go to if I'm just like, I'm making bad food choices or I'm like kind of like lost control of myself and I'm not sleeping very well. And like, so yeah. my mind's not working and like something like that is like, I describe it as like a decent kind of hangover ref- remedy, if you know what I mean. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, by all means, I do not advocate the insanity that some people seem to get wrapped up in it. Like, you know, live on Soylent for 30 days or like all of that. Yeah. Also, um, the idea of me paying, you know, like several dollars per 400 calorie modules in a plastic container um, yeah. is also not great. And all of those things. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I had a brief experience with it. I don't buy it regularly, nor do I have mm-hmm. it in my house now. But um, there was a time when I was trying to kind of like you know, leverage that. And I did notice, I think what I'd read was there was an article. Um, there was a bunch of nutritionists and doctors who were weighing in on it. And the one rational voice to me was like, this guy basically said, he's like, this is an insane idea. But the thing that's more fucked up about this is that for most Americans, one of these is more nutritious than probably their entire month of eating. Yeah. Because the reality is, he's like, this is not the best way to get these nutrients. No question. I'm not debating that. That's, you know, like, but if you look at the average American diet, this is amazing. People, more people should be drinking this. You'll be healthier. Like, that was his argument, right? Like, he wasn't like, I'm not promoting this. This is dumb. Don't do this. There's all these problems. Oh, by the way, what's even uh, more dumb? What's more, even more dumb is that this is the bar. And I read that and I was like, I'm going to try this. And I was like, fucking sure enough. Like I could just feel it. Like I had a couple, mm-hmm. like I drink them in the morning and then I eat regular in the afternoon. I did that for like a month and I was like, yep, that's clearly I need to like reevaluate how I'm doing my how intake. And, yeah. And I mean, since yeah. then I've done better, but um, yeah, I managed to feed us really good at breakfast so yeah. that the rest of the day is kind of like bonus. Like, that makes a big <clears throat> deal. Yeah. Yeah. We eat yep. tons of greens and we eat really good eggs in the morning. Nice. So we have like eggs, avocados, shallots, hot peppers right um tons of greens <clears throat> and like organic eggs and it turns out pretty good every morning oh and like good cheese too yeah yeah and i think we get our minerals from the greens but uh you know whatever like uh, my neighbor dan gets soylent and he was out of town like he is frequently traveling and uh-huh. so he was like oh i got this delivery of soylent can you go pick it up so nobody steals it off my porch? Uh-huh. And i was like sure He's like, you can have some if you want. And I was like, that's okay. I, I It's okay. <laughs> but I think in his case, he yeah. does that so he doesn't have to be bothered with eating. Yes. Yeah. And that's um, – I get that. Uh, when I'm like really hyper-focused on something, 
that's definitely I think that's also one of the other reasons I, I tried it is I thought, well, I, I'd read a lot of accounts of people being like, you know, I struggle to remember like I'd struggle to remember when to eat or to eat yeah. on a regular <laughs> basis, um, which is something I struggle with, which leads to this sort of binge kind of mentality right. of like not eating all fucking day and then like suddenly it's eight o'clock at night and I'd like finish whatever it's project Orioles. I'm doing and I'm just like angry and fucking yeah I'm just like <laughs> yeah. where is the like most fat saturated sugar I can consume right now get it in <laughs> yeah. me ice cream yeah and then you know four thousand calories later I'm like passed right. out on the couch so yes yeah should have had that soylent. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, but there's okay. better ways of doing that or there's more enjoyable. I mean, I would say the tragedy of soylents for, or the thing that I recognized was that there's this tragedy of like, you're going to eat 400 calories and you could be eating something that tastes and is enjoyable and fun, or you could have this paste. Paste. It's like nutrient paste. It's just like, what? What the fuck? Like, you know, I'd be real glad to have them in a pinch in an emergency, but um, this is not the this is not the way to go. I feel like Soylent, like relying on Soylent for nutrition, is sort of like dehumanizing. Yes, yes, a little bit. Yes, exactly. Which, like, wasn't necessarily my opinion of it going into it, but after I saw how Dan was like, Dan was like, when I'm working, I just don't have time to feed myself, and I was like. Oh my god! Oh, yes, right. Like, oh my god! <laughs> it's like such a basic human function, like you're uh-huh. just eschewing your humanity in yes. favor of becoming yeah. more like the machine. Like uh-huh. I just want to be one with the machine. <laughs> right. He works in tech. Oh god! Yeah, I struggle with that. I str- I I need to get a better work life balance there. Mm. Um, my problem is I think it preys on my like my desire to get sucked into something and hyper focus on stuff. Yes. And there's always like never ending problems to be solved. And so easily I can burn like 12 hour day on something. Mm hmm. So, but uh, we've used that to good effect because we've done shit like podcasting, which is fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, if you're still listening with us and you made it through the uh, false ending to the real ending, um, we are, uh, so we're now, now officially hosting a podcast called um, How Art Works. (gasps) <gasps> we're and officially hosting it yeah yeah so we're officially uh hosting a podcast how art works you can go to the website you can uh let's see so you can go to how art so if you google how art works papa fire so um papa fire is the um he's my friend dave and he's the one who runs the podcast and so that's uh two two words papa fire uh, so if you Google how art works, pop a fire, you will find his podcast. And I think it's, it's good. It's not, uh, he, when we first started, he started his podcast at a very similar time frame um, that we did. And he, in fact, he started in March of 2019 and mm-hmm. we started in January, December of 20, 2018 or no, January of 2019. Oh, uh... I feel like we were at the end of 2019. I feel like I feel that's like we right started, too. yeah, because we started talking about doing it and recording stuff in like March, and somewhere between March and June. But some of it wasn't really usable. <clears throat> yeah, we would have to like get a lawyer, um, and so <laughs> yes. or several or several, <laughs> and um, so we kind of like 
felt around in the dark until we settled on something that we felt was content that we could start producing for the podcast. And I think we ended up recording a bunch of stuff, but we didn't actually air any of it until around Thanksgiving. So it was December. Yeah. So December 2019 is when we, yeah, December 1st, 2019 was when we published the trailer. Um, And then we had a series of, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. So I Googled how art works, pop a fire, but I did not find it. Okay. Um, let's see so you can go to huh let me let me try how art works papa fire two words oh here we go papa fire works it out on apple podcasts yeah so it comes up as the first hit for me but i know google fucks us on that stuff so oh well and i'm using DuckDuckGo. let's have a look at DuckDuckGo and see so it could be it that could be why i'm not seeing what you're seeing I trust you. If you use Google and Google it, I'm sure you'll find it. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, no, but I, I like. I think people should be using um, DuckDuckGo, and so you might want to throw in on DuckDuckGo podcast as well. Yeah. The reason that we're not pointing you to a website directly, yeah. So if you throw in podcast, um, it it'll come up first thing. Um, the reason we're not. Uh, uh, there's no website, right? So there's a feed. Mm-hmm. If you want to just add the feed directly, well, you can go to Papa Fire's website. So papafire.com. Um, and you'll see, like, he does a lot of his podcasts on YouTube as well. So um, the feed is still, we're still kind of working on it, but we're basically hosting his feed and all of his audio. Um, and so that's at, that feed is at uh, podcast.papafire.com. Gotcha. Um, although so when great. you when you go there uh it will just it needs to we still need to work on this it's actually podcast.popafire.com slash index.xml so uh yeah well we've just discovered if you're listening to this maybe by the time this publishes uh dave and i will have got that sorted out and there'll be a better website to go to or there'll be probably a link on his website but popafire.com cool. if you go to popafire.com you can check uh, that out i found very easily yeah and um I, I like his stuff because he, he talks about art with his friends who are really amazing artists. And he has way more interviews than we do. Um, although you could argue that our interviews are always just you and I. Like we have the superstars on our podcast. That's whereas right. he has other sort of, you know, um, other people. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, he has uh, his – I really enjoy him and he has a lot of really interesting ideas. And he's constantly like thinking about things and really just like working stuff over and um, – and some of his some of the people that he interviews, like a friend of mine, um, Nathan Starchild, which was mm-hmm. uh he published an episode in that would be March twentieth, twenty nineteen. Um, that's a pretty interesting one. Uh and Nathan cool. is an artist and he talks about himself and some of the work he's done, which I've actually helped him with, which is cool. So nice. um or participated in, helped, I don't know. Yeah. And I helped. I <laughs> helped. Yeah. Damon made chili and I helped. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, we are we are now uh, a conglomeration of podcasts and no longer just the solo. Right. Uh, and we'll get that. I'll, I'll get that working and we'll pr- probably put a link so on our exciting. website as well. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Super cool. Um, all right. I think that's it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you. Okay.